Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I thank you for cap- the, the anointing captures the attention of children as well as men and women. And I thank you that I'm anointed for these, your people now. It is the anointing that makes the difference. And Father, I thank you for that teaching anointing, that anointing that destroys yokes, that anointing that removes burdens, that anointing that brings understanding, that anointing that causes empowerment. And even now, by faith, I connect my tongue to my spirit and speak as the mouthpiece of God. I thank you, Father. Thank you for this anointing that's here today to help bring understanding, bring, um, um, bring revelation. Pray, Father, that you'll grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance. That, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray this prayer. I, say, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be flooded with light, that I may know the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards me who believes in Jesus name. Amen. So this morning I'm going to talk to you shortly on the subject stick with your anointing. Stick with your anointing. Amen. Um, this, this actually came as a result. I had an um, interview recently, and in the interview, I fell flat on my face. It was the worst interview of my life. <laughs> it was worse. I mean, it was like, like me going on the first interview ever in life back 10 times. And so I fell flat on my face. And I heard these words after I came away from this interview. And I told my wife, I said, there's no way that they they will hire me. There's no way on this side of heaven unless the head of the church, who is Jesus, wants me to do this or they're desperate. And my wife says, well, you know, they're probably desperate. (laughs) So... um, but I, I, but I, I came away from that um, time of sticking with your anointing. Sticking with your anointing. So as you walk with God, you will discover the graces of God in your life. How many know that there's grace all over us? There's, there's, there's types, different types of graces, um, th- different types of grace. We have the saving grace, for by grace we are saved through faith. We have standing grace, grace that causes us to stand. 
And then there's serving grace, grace that empowers us to serve in the kingdom of God, in the church, and in the world. Amen? And I believe if we get a revelation of grace, I believe that we will appreciate and see the work of God in our lives more. It's the grace of God that we are not condemned. It is the grace of God that we're able to be alert and we're aware, we, we, we understand, we have um, um, the ability to think, the ability to speak. That's the grace of God in operation. And so as we discover, um, as you discover the graces of God in your life, you, you're, you begin to recognize what he's called you to and the grace that he's put on, in, on your life. Too many people try to do something they weren't called to do. Too many, <laughs> as, we, as we think about people um, perhaps um, being um, in some type of position and they're operating outside of their anointing. <clears throat> I want to say this. When you get serious about the things of God, you'll sense a calling. And some of us, when we sense this calling, immediately we think about the pulpit or we think about fivefold ministry. I mean, there's other callings outside of speaking gifts to the body of Christ. Amen. I mean, you, you could be called to, to do something that no one else has ever done before. I mean, so I think you, we limit God sometimes when we think ministry is limited to behind a podium. But when we begin to expand, we can see the anointing beyond the beyond church and and it goes into your work day and and being anointed to do to be a father being anointed to be a mother come on there is a such thing as anointing to be mothers and fathers anointings to be husbands and wives anointed to be single for a season or two come on you, there is an anointing for those things and we need to embrace those anointings so when you get serious about the things of God, you'll sense a calling. If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, <laughs> you might feel called to ministry as you study the scriptures. But how many know that it's not always the will of God for people to go and preach and teach? There, actually, there's very few people who are called into what we refer to as the fivefold ministry. There's very, it's not that many people called to the fivefold ministry. There are some people who are lay ministers. They're, they can minister, but they're not called to do it every day. They're not called to travel to do it. Are, are you with me? There's some people that, that just need to function in that. They're called to the, what they call the marketplace. And so, so don't twist it because you can minister once and twice a year that you're called to fivefold ministry. Now, there are some that are called. And that's what they need to be doing. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Sticking with your anointing. Repeat that after me. Sticking with your anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you look at verse 11, and we'll come back to Ephesians 4 in a few minutes. Verse 11 says, and he gave the apostles. How many know there are some apostles today? Amen. We have a good friend in Kentucky. He's a real legitimate apostle. 
not just got the little title <laughs> and no power. <laughs> uh, you know, what makes the title is the, is the anointing and the grace. So if you're really an apostle, one, Jesus has appeared to you. <laughs> that, that's to qualify most of them, right? <laughs> um, that's what Paul says. You know, you've had some type of encounter with Jesus beyond just by faith, but you had a real legitimate encounter with Jesus. Then you have prophets. A lot of people like that, that title, right? Prophet so-and-so. <laughs> because you can prophesy doesn't mean, and it comes to pass, doesn't mean that you're called to be a prophet. So we got to be careful about that, right? Just because God, I was prophesying as a teenager. So does that make me a prophet? <laughs> so some people who, oh, I'm, I got, they came to pass. Well, praise God. Anybody can flow in the gift of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy. If you, if you, get, if you get with God long enough, you'll start prophesying. Yeah, if you witness and tell others about Jesus, you'll start prophesying because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Have you ever been witnessing to somebody and all of a sudden you sense the anointing and scriptures that you didn't think about start hitting your mind and your heart? That's the, that's the spirit of prophecy. And sometimes we equate that as being a prophet. To have dreams, to, to be a dreamer doesn't necessarily mean that you are a prophet. I, I've had some very significant dreams, but doesn't mean that I'm called to be a prophet because I have these dreams. And then sometimes what people call, I got the gift of discernment. Well, any, <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. Discernment is, is you know, being able to distinguish what spirit or motivation, motives is behind that, being able to recognize the good or the bad behind a situation. And it really it's like prudence, um, prudence times more stuff, right? And so when we talk about, it says a prudent man will see evil and run and hide. <laughs> That's what Proverbs says. And so uh, the gift of discernment, Sometimes when people call it, like, I got the gift of discernment, it's really the gift of criticism. It's not really, like, there is no such thing in the Bible as the gift of discernment. Every Christian should have discernment. Now, there's discerning of spirits. Notice it didn't say discerning of devils, but of spirits. But there should be a something about you as a believer to be able to discern things as a parent you should be able to discern things as a single person as a married person you should be able to discern things so don't get caught up i got the gift of discernment go sit somewhere and pray <laughs> right people go around saying they got some sense of discernment they need to discern the will of the lord for their lives and stop going around trying to control other people in the gift of discernment then you got the evangelists. We've, com we, we've totally messed up this office because we, we, we think that because I, if I'm good at winning souls, then I must be an evangelist. How many know that you need to win souls? Everybody needs to win souls. So it doesn't, if you exhort, a, a person who has the gift of exhortation can win people to Christ. So, so don't equate evangelizing as a person who's called to be an evangelist. That there's some things that come along with the evangelist. 
The Bible says in Acts, it says, and when Philip the evangelist <laughs> went to Samaria, he, he preached Christ. But then also there was miracles, significant miracles that followed or that affirmed his calling. The lame walked, the blind saw. Are you with me? So if you're a real evangelist, you'll have some miraculous gifts. All right. So evangelist is not somebody who goes from church to church with a little, little dolly on, his head, on their head and giving a word. That's not an evangelist. They might be an exhorter. I don't mean to just, you know, um, put down any denomination or anything, but I'm saying I, we, we, we use these titles too loosely. Um, the next one is the pastors or the shepherds. All right. That, that's a, just like we could have um, God, God ordained pastors, we could have false pastors. Sometimes there's pastors or people who wanting to just, uh, they want a place to speak every week, <laughs> a sure enough place to speak every week. So the, the pastors. And then you have teachers. Now, this is not just teachers in, like, say, a classroom or a professor, but the, these are spirit-filled, spirit-led individuals who not just have a natural teaching gift, but when they open their mouths, revelation flows out. So that's a little bit different than just there's some people who are great communicators. But just because you're a great communicator doesn't mean that you're called to teach. And every pastor should be able to teach. It says that in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that one of the, um, one of the um, I guess, the um, criteria to be a pastor is the ability to teach. That anointing to expound on, upon scriptures. Amen. Amen. So the teacher, it, 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 it's, it's a little bit different than just the natural gift of, of teaching. It's that super on the natural in a way that brings revelation. Amen. So these are the fivefold ministries. I said all that to say the five. So let me give you uh, three callings, three anointings. All right. So the first calling for every person is to come to faith. That's the first calling for everybody. The call to come to Jesus. If you have your Bible, go to John chapter 4. Excuse me, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I'm halfway through my sermon right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> John chapter 6. And let's look at verse 44. It says, no one can come to me, this is Jesus speaking, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So here, uh, the, the, the first calling to individuals is that the calling to faith. It is the will of God for none of us to perish, but to all to come to a place of repentance. So there's the calling of salvation. The Holy Spirit, what he will do, the first thing that he does when people are born into this world, he'll start working on them and setting up situations to draw them to Christ. Everything is designed to bring them to saving knowledge. That's the plan of God. See, sometimes we like to teach faith principles to people who are out into the world, but the first thing that God has on his mind is the salvation of that person. 
God gives you kids to bring salvation to them. He brings you into the lives of individuals to bring salvation to them. He'll allow you to be born in a family to bring salvation to that family. Come on. That, that is an anointing that if you'll if you, if you, if you cherish it, it, it'll continue to grow and grow and grow. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Go with me real quick to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. We're talking about stick with your anointing. Amen. We don't want to be out of place. Because if we're out of place, we're out of grace. We, we don't want to do that. You can frustrate the grace of God in your life. I've been guilty of that. <laughs> I've been guilty of frustrating the grace of God. We don't want to frustrate this grace. If there's a grace on you for something, don't ignore it. Don't walk away from it. But maximize it. Release that anointing upon the earth. Release that potential, that God-given potential that he's given you. Do work your ground. Work your gift. Work your calling. Work your land. Come on. That's where the prosperity is. That's what the provision is. That's where the healing is. That's where clarity is. That's where direction is. It's in that place when you work and operate in that gift and that anointing that God has given you. We don't want to be out of sync with God. <laughs> we don't want to frustrate what he, he's called us to do. Don't, don't go against the design, your design, your God-given design. What has he designed you to do? Amen. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all people. I mean, we should be praying for those who are in authority. We should be interceding for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. And it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. Four is what I want to get to. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So it is God's will for all people to be saved. God wants everybody to be born again. He goes after everybody. The Bible says God so loved the world, not just us. The world. He goes after the world. He wants the world. He's concerned about the world. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved through Christ. God goes after, he got the world on his mind. He's, I want the world. I want, I want to populate heaven. I want to fill heaven with the souls and the spirits of men and women and boys and girls. He goes after humanity. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. It says this. God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We were called into fellowship. We were called. See, relationship is a matter of birth. Fellowship is a matter of choice. It's two fellows on the same ship because they want to be there. Fellowship. 
you, you can't choose what family you're born into, but you, but you can choose who you want to fellowship with. So once the Lord gets you, saves you, he, he calls you into fellowship. That's prayer. There's those spiritual disciplines that we talked about at the beginning of the year. Fasting, prayer, word, meditation, giving, so forth. We, we are called for fellowship to, with Jesus. Amen. All right, let me go after the second one. So the first calling for every person is to come to faith or come to Jesus. The second calling for everyone is after a person comes to faith and is born again, the next calling is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. Go with me to the book of Acts. It is God's will for everybody, including your children, to speak in other tongues. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 Actually, 38, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and who else? For your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So the first thing that God does, he wants you to get born again, then he wants to get filled with the Holy Spirit. That's his will. And part of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to speak in other tongues daily. <laughs> Amen. These callings are real, and, and, and it includes, like, the, 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 the callings include finding a church and becoming an active member in the community of faith, reading your Bible, praying both in Eng or your native tongue and in, um, in other tongues. All right, so let me talk about this third one. The third calling is to witness. It's to witness. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. Many Christians have failed this calling. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, listen to this. It says, but you will receive what? Power. Doesn't that sound beautiful for the kids to be crying and active? It's not a bad thing. It is the process and the cycle of life. It speaks of life. So don't ever despise kids act, being active in church. I would love for my kids to, to, to be like robots or soldiers. But guess what? It would be abnormal for them just to be still all the time and not move. It speaks of activity, growth, and, and, and there's, there's something happening. You know, oh, I want to sit there. I want to bounce up. I want to run. I want the preacher, you know. That's part of being a kid. And we train them, of course. You know, we don't let them just do every, anything that we want them to do. I mean, they want to do. But at the same time, it's, not, it's a good sign. Amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to say amen on that. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power. You know, that word power is dunamis power. That's anointing. Sometimes people want the anointing, right? They say, God, give me your anointing. Give me your anointing. I want the anointing. Oh, God. And, they, you know, they sing an old song, anointing, fall on me. I want the anointing. It sounds spiritual to be anointed, right? All right. But guess what? When you and I got born again and filled the Spirit, we receive an anointing. But you will receive an anointing when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will what? Be what? My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That anointing, 
That's the anointing. The first level or layer of the anointing is to witness. If we will be faithful with that anointing, the other anointings will come. Faithful to witness. Don't, no condemnation up in here. But when the last time you witnessed to somebody? Let, that weight, let the gravity of that weigh on you. We need to witness. We need to be a witness. A witness um, everywhere we go. Don't look at individuals and say, oh, they're called to ministry, so they, they should be anointing. <laughs> I, 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 the Lord said we will receive power, anointing to be his witness. We need to be faithful to being his witness. It puzzles me that many people don't witness and don't even try. They don't even care about it. Your friends, God gave you your friends so you can witness to them. Every relationship in your life. God has given you an opportunity to speak into their lives of the good news, the saving knowledge of Jesus. Well, I don't want to offend them. Well, it's better to offend them now than for them to go and die and go to hell. I'm not saying on purpose, let me offend them. <laughs> but at the same time, let me think about eternity. Let me first start out praying for them. And sometimes, sometimes you will want God to use you, and God will use somebody else. So, so don't think that because you have a desire for them to be saved that you're the one. You may not be the one. God will use somebody else, which is okay, right? But you recognize, as Lord, if, if I'm, not, I'm not the one, use somebody else. And we're going to see this in a minute. Being faithful with that anointing. Almost in every job, every, actually, every job that I've been on, every job that I've been on, I have witnessed to people. Every single job. That doesn't mean that I, I was holding a revival. When they, was, when, they, when, when they were paying me, and I'm, on a, I'm supposed to be on the clock, I'm doing a revival. Y'all come on down to my cubicle, get Jesus while we go fill this order. <laughs> I mean, I did my job, but then also I was witnessing, praying for people. And many of those jobs, I've led somebody to Christ and even led them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We, we need to be intentional. And that's, it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm called to be a pastor. You do understand that. I, I've been doing this before I was even thought about being a pastor. I thought I was called to be an evangelist because my youth pastor prophesied to me that I was called to be an evangelist. <laughs> but I'm telling you, just do it. It's a wonderful opportunity. <clears throat> Witness to your neighbors. Witness to your, your cousin. If, if you have a good friend and they're not born again, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities. And if you can't find one, pray for God to open up a door, whether for you or somebody else. The person who prays will get the same reward as those who actually lead them to Christ. One plants, the another, pot, another person waters, but God gives the increase, and so our rewards are equal. <laughs> Come on. So you may, you may plant. That means you expose them to the gospel they never heard before. And then somebody else may come along and water what, what watering is hearing what they already know, what they already been exposed to. So you water. Some, some people plant. Some people water. But it's God that gets the increase. He's, he's the one that gets the glory. Amen? Amen. So, so I'm not better than the person just because you got to lead them to Christ 
for years I've been praying for that person. Right? So, so, so it's not like I lost because you were used by God to lead them into the kingdom. We partners together. We're co-laborers. And we're working together to fulfill his will. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> if you avail yourself to the leadership of the Spirit, he will lead you to be in an effective witness. He's seeking laborers. We're talking about sticking with your anointing. He is seeking laborers. Go with me to Matthew chapter 9 as I close this down. Matthew chapter 9. The Lord is seeking laborers. The Lord is in need of you. Did you hear me? You're called the body of Christ, right? So what is the body supposed to do? The body does whatever the head wants, right? And so the head wants souls. <laughs> so we follow the head, the leader. Matthew chapter 9, let's look at 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, this is what he said. The harvest is what? Plentiful. There's a lot of people who can be saved, who needs to be saved. The harvest is plentiful. You, you and I can save us. I mean, we can be used of the Lord to lead so many people to the Lord. In my short amount of time on the earth, I forgot about the people that I witnessed to over the years. I mean, you just forget about it. He's looking for laborers. He may set you up and give you a promotion so that you can have influence over somebody so you can witness to them. Do you know that? That he's more concerned about the souls on your job than getting you money in the bank. He will move on you to go and get seek a degree and, and even per se get in debt for the degree so that he can send you to a situation so he can use you. <laughs> that, that blows a whole my American dream. Bust it. It goes. I mean, I'm not saying not to have dreams, but God's dream is bigger than ours. And he's after the salvation of men and women and boys and girls. He'll anoint you to minister to kids, give you favor with children so he can use you. Amen. Don't think, don't, see, I think we mishandle sometimes, sometimes we mishandle the favor of God. We take, oh, they like me, uh, and we like that they like me. But he li they like you so that you can speak life into them. He is giving you favor with sinners so that you can share the good news of the one who died for them. Amen. That favor, that, 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 that influence, that stage, that platform is not for you. It's for his glory and the benefit of humanity. If he'll give whatever influence he gives you is for the world. It's, the anointing is always for somebody else. The anointing is never for you. There are times that I've heard people who have been sick and afflicted in their bodies, and yet the healing power will flow through their hands to somebody else. That anointing is not for you, it's for somebody else. He anoints you for somebody else. He uses you. Sometimes the hell that you go through is for somebody else. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so let's continue. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but what's lacking? The laborers. There's not enough laborers. There's not enough laborers. There's a shortage of laborers. We know naturally all these companies are hiring. There's there's a shortage of workers. People got unemployment and they just went crazy. (laughs) And teachers are leaving the education field by the thousands. There's not enough teachers. (laughs) There's not enough doctors. There's not enough workers in whatever field you may say, uh, um, post office workers, workers, um, postmen, male women, male women and male men, they're leaving. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's more jobs than you can handle. They'll pay you from home. They'll pay you, you can go to Starbucks and work from Starbucks and still get paid. Come on. I'm telling you, likewise, in the kingdom of God, there's more there's a lack of laborers. There's not, enough, there's not enough believers willing to share the faith. And I'm telling you, if you open your mouth, he'll feel it. He'll anoint you. You want to see the blind eyes open? We say, we, our confession, we do the works of Jesus everywhere we go, but some of us are not willing to do the works of Jesus, so therefore we don't ever see the miracles. I'm telling you, pray for the blind, pray, pray for the, the deaf, pray, pray for those who are, who are, who are uh, bound up with alcoholism. Uh, pray and, and, you, and watch God move. Listen, you can be on your job and the Lord uses you to speak life, break depression over somebody's life. You got the power, you got the authority, you got the anointing from the Holy One, and so operate in that anointing. Amen? Flow in that anointing. God will use you to, to destroy divorces. God will use you to intercede for somebody who's about to commit suicide. You are anointed for such a time as this. Be a witness. Be a light. That doesn't mean that everybody has to be behind a pulpit, but I'm telling you, make your cubicle a pulpit. Make your classroom a pulpit. Make your social media a pulpit. Make your writing and your acting and your singing a pulpit. Come on. You can sing good love songs and still point to Jesus. Come on. Come on. God can use you. Dr. Or Roberts said this, God raises up men um, to send his voice into every nation or every land, uh, raising up people to go into every man's land, every man's world. We're to go into everybody. It doesn't mean geographically, but that he'll send you into different industries. He needs some people who are called to the law to be lawyers and attorneys and some officers. Uh, He needs Holy Ghost-filled officers. He needs some Holy Ghost-filled teachers and administrators and principals. He needs some garbage men who are anointed by God. He he needs men and women in every field. (laughs) He'll raise you up to be, see, you thought you were acting and you love acting and putting on for people, but he has anointed, anointed you to go into that industry and be a light. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The the laborers are few. He says, he earnestly lives to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest field. We got to pray faithfully for God to send laborers. God, send laborers. 
God send laborers. See, sometimes back in the day we were praying for laborers into other countries, and now we need laborers in this country. God send laborers to every state, every county, every city, every town. Come on, every school. A school shooting recently, right? We need laborers, somebody to pray, somebody to intercede, somebody to be the gap, someone to say, no, not here. I take authority over that spirit, and I bind it and command it to cease. You will not shoot up in this school. Come on. Come on. You, you, you think you don't have authority? You got authority over the devil. You, we don't sit back, oh, it's a horrible thing that happened. Well, do something about it if you can't do nothing else but pray. Speak the word of God. Plead the blood of Jesus over your children every day. And, 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 and pray for the teachers and pray for securities and schools. Come on. You pray, cry out to God for God to move. You know, God will move because you pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. So much. We're going to have to just do a part two. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing a part two. <clears throat> let, let me just leave you with this. Go back to Ephesians 4 as I close. That was my third closing. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be a light. Be a witness. There are people dying all the time. They're, they're dying. They're, they're leaving here. And, and we, are, we are to be that gap. We're, be, we're to be the, the one to stand. I want to be the person that stands between a generation going to, trying to go to hell than hell itself. Let's be the gap. Let's be the intercessor. Let, let's stand in the gap and say, not on my watch. No, 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 no. If you go to hell, it's, it's because you desperately want it to. <laughs> but we're going to pray, we're going to fast, and we're going to open our mouths. It's not enough just to pray for salvations. You got to witness. It, you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, but if you never open your mouth, God uses words to minister to people. You got to open your mouth and you got to come out of your comfort zone and says, hi, and just say, hey, do you know, you know, do you go to church? What's your religion? I'm a Buddhist. I'm a Muslim. Don't be afraid of that. So, okay. <laughs> hey. Uh, um, let's, let's talk. You know, um, you know, it, I think we, we just get afraid of, of, of other religions. We don't want to uh, we want to be tolerant, right? <laughs> you, you don't have to be afraid. I mean, people are sharing their faith, sharing their belief, and so we can share ours. We have the answer. So why should we shut up and not say nothing? Why should we be silent and not open our mouths? And it may just be a little something. It may be just asking a question. And if you're not comfortable witnessing, witnessing to unbelievers, practice with your spouse, practice with your family, practice with your kids, practice in the mirror. Look for opportunities. I'm telling you, God is looking for laborers. Understand what the gospel is. We're not trying to um, meet people's felt needs, but we want to show them the greater need, which is Christ. Are you with me? We need to, if you need to read some books that's going to help you to think along these lines, stop being lazy in your faith, rise up to the occasion, says, you know what, I'm going to be a skillful laborer. Now, there's some laborers, but they're, not un they're unequipped. They don't, they don't even know what to say. They don't know why they believe what they believe and end up getting converted to latter-day um, latter saints or something. Like, oh, I know this sounds good. I know he'll fix it. Not enough. 
Not enough to just know he'll fix it. He'll way out of, make a way out of no way. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. What does that mean? Because I'm about to face a million years. So what does that mean? He's a lawyer in the courtroom. Now he gives me wisdom and he gives me favor with the judge so that I can win the case. Come on. These um, Christianese, <laughs> these, these wonderful words that we use, and, and, and there's no power, there's no, there's no understanding, no context, and so people don't understand what we're saying. So you got to connect with your audience. You got to understand, what are they into? Maybe may read the room. Maybe I need to understand the culture or the, the context so I can speak to it. If I'm still living back in the 80s, <laughs> listening to Luther, which I did the other day, <laughs> then, then that's not going to speak to this generation that doesn't even know about him, don't even like him. I'm, listening, I'm, I'm stuck with Whitney Houston <laughs> and, and I want to listen to her all every, every morning. And, then I, and yet they're listening to Little Wayne and other people. That I, and Bruno, I can't speak to that, right? So I got to be relevant and I got to understand, I got to understand what's happening. Give me wisdom real quick. I promise you real quick. Ephesians chapter four. Let's look at this real quick. Verse one. Therefore, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. How many can say you're a prisoner for the Lord? Paul was actually in prison for the Lord. <laughs> he actually went to prison. Some of us like, I ain't claiming that. <laughs> okay. All right. He, he was like, I'm willing to be a prisoner for the Lord. It wasn't like, that's wonderful. I'm a prisoner. <laughs> you know. But he actually went to prison because of the gospel. Urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Let's jump down to verse 5. Uh, verse 4. Let's just start with verse 2. <laughs> with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body. How many bodies? One spirit. Just as we are called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us, if we're born again, we have received a measure of God's grace, a measure of Christ's gift inside of us. Check this out. Jesus wants to live his life through you. And the way that he lives his life through you will be different than the way he lives his life through me. The way that he lives his life through me is as a pastor. But through you, you who called to be an, an entrepreneur, he lives his life as Christ the entrepreneur. He lives his life as Christ, angel, the counselor. He lives his life as, to Sunday, the teacher. Are you with me? He, every area, he lives his life, that gift and that grace. And that's what I'm talking about, sticking with that gift, sticking with that grace, sticking with that anointing. Don't try to do something that you're not called to do. And I know that we've said to our children, you can be whatever you want to be. That's Nas' old song back in the day. I can, I can, I can. Y'all know about that. I can, I can. No, you cannot do everything that you want to do. You got to do what God has called you to do and what the design. If you're not called to be a basketball player, you don't have the skills. You don't have the mindset. Come, Are you with me? You, you have the gift. So we help our children to discover their, their God-given design. 
And then they see their skills and their, and, and they might not be in full form. They might be in infant form or seed form. And we water it and we help cultivate what's inside of them. The God-given stuff. Come on. <laughs> we don't cultivate negative things and bad things and sinful natures. But we cultivate that which we recognize if they got an eye for a camera, eye for drawing, or eye for acting, eye for singing or music and, and so forth and sports. You cultivate that and you encourage that and you pray for that and you put them in an environment so they can flourish. No, you can't do what you want to do. You can do what God called you to do, what you're designed to do. Maybe you're not supposed to go to Harvard because PD wants you to go to Harvard. Just so, so that you can go to Harvard and say, I went to Harvard. Maybe you're called to go to community college. And you can flourish in community college. You can flourish in a, maybe you're not called to go to college. We think, we think everybody should go to college. I do. I really do. But guess what? Not everybody's called to go to college. We got to recognize. Stick with the anointing and help and flow in that. That's not, that's not the only way that God can flourish you. That's not the only way that God can, you know, stand at a job 100 years don't mean that's the only way that God has called you to be. Are you with me? There might be some other avenues, and we have to be open to it. The gift, the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, captives and gave gifts unto men. Christ Jesus, when he ascended on high, this is what he did. Y'all know that not only did he was, was he raised from the dead, he stayed on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then the Bible says he ascended. He, he, he went up. He was going up. And the Bible says, and as he was going up, as he ascended on high, he took his hand and he gave gifts. Gift here, gift there, gift there, gift there. He gave gifts. We are not to, uh, we're to honor ministry gifts. So when people say, you know, they, they come against pastors or, or evangelists, they're coming against Christ. Don't despise. These are gifts. If you're a member here, I'm God's gift to you. Flawed and all. <laughs> I'm God's gift. Whoever your pastor is, that's God's gift to you. Whoever that teacher or, you know, that pastor's pastor or whatever the case may be. And it says, he gave gifts unto men. And it says, and it goes on, talks about that. Verse 11, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And this is why he gave those fivefold gifts, fivefold ministry gifts, to equip the saints. So these gifts are to equip the saints. I'm tired of people saying the church is a hospital. The church is a school. It's a school. It's a classroom. I mean, you might have came down, came in broken. But if you are five years later, you're still broken, we got problems. The, the hospital's not doing their job. So you, it might be a form of a hospital, but it's a classroom to equip you. You come to church not to just get your praise on, but you're to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. God equips you. God sends you to a church. You sit down and you hear the word, not to say, oh, we had church. No, we got some understanding. We're empowered to do what God called us to do. Equipped to do the work of the ministry. And it goes on and says, and to build up the body of Christ. So these fivefold ministry gifts is to build up the body of Christ. They're not to necessarily be served, <laughs> that contrary to popular beliefs. 
I'm a man of God. You need to serve me. No. Actually, if you're a man or a woman of God, you should be the greatest server of them all. You lay your life down the most. You sacrifice the most. You pray more than everybody. You should be praying more than anybody. Fasting and, and crying out. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> That's the truth. And you call the ministry. I'm called the ministry. And it's like a career. No. You're supposed to serve people. Ministry is the business of people. Mature, um, come to the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, the, to mature manhood, to the statue of the fullness of Christ. No longer are children tossed to and fro by every wave, carried about every wind of doctrine. I'm going to end with this, end with this one thing, and then we'll do the other ones when, we, when I come back. It says, um, how can you discern the Lord's anointing on your life. The first thing I would tell you to do, I'm going to give you two. I just, I feel like I need to give you two. I feel, I feel like, right? <laughs> One is to pray. You got to pray. If you're going to stick with your anointing, you got to pray and discern that anointing that's on your life. What is it that God's called you to do? Not something that you want to do, but something that God's called you to do. You pray in the spirit, pray, in other words, pray in other tongues, and pray in your native tongues. And my second one I'll leave with you is do something. So don't just sit back and say, I'm anointed, and don't do anything. You learn how God uses you by doing something. So you got you to gotta do something. You got to get involved, and you got to venture out. Put into action what you do have, what's, what's laid before you. What is it that you can do? And I'm going to stop there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father. Help us to stick with our anointings. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.